Hey, Sean Gaby here. Welcome to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Wherever you are listening from, we are glad that you have joined us. Please follow us on Instagram at Sean Gaby and at Supernatural Leadership Podcast and or visit kingdomculture.ca or seangaby.com for more engaging content around topics we will be discussing. As well, you would love it if you would leave a review on this podcast as it helps boost our ability to get this content out to more people. If you are new with us today, just want to inform you that we will be releasing a new episode on the first Wednesday of every month and every so often a bonus episode. So make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can keep up to date with every episode. There are so many great leadership podcasts out there and truthfully, I love so many of them. So why supernatural leadership? Really, it's the difference between presence and principle as we discuss in episode one. The very first episode of this podcast really sets the tone for the why and purpose for this podcast. I would encourage you to have a listen if you haven't already. Simply put, we believe everyone has a leader within them at some capacity. Whether you're a CEO, non-for-profit director, media mogul, church leader, pastor, small business owner, manager of teams, a dad, a mom, and well, the list could go on. If everyone has a leader within them, why not make that leader a little more supernatural? That's the heart and goal behind this podcast, helping you connect your natural with God's super, making your leadership a little more supernatural. At the end of every episode, there will be practical activations and exercises to help us grow and mature in the various areas discussed. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome again to another episode of the Supernatural Leadership Podcast. My name is Sean Gaby and I want to welcome you, especially if you're new to the Supernatural Leadership family. Thank you for stopping by. I would love it if you take some time at the end of this episode to rate this podcast, review it. It helps us spread the word. Uh, you know, share it with your friends, subscribe to the channel, DM me on Instagram, reach out to me on some form of social media. I'm actually now on TikTok as well. Just my name at Sean Gaby. And I'd love to hear from you. Love to hear your comments. Love to hear your thoughts. Love to hear what you think about this podcast and love to hear how this podcast has impacted you. If it's your first time, then I'd love to hear how this episode has impacted you. But if you've been with us for a while, I just love hearing the report of how this podcast has helped shape your leadership into more of a supernatural focused leadership. So this is episode 19 today, and this is a continuation of thought from or building from episode 10 called Pandemic Perspectives. And if you've not heard Pandemic Perspectives episode 10, I'd encourage you to go back to episode 10 and listen to it. I want to build from that. Yes, even nine episodes later, I want to build as a continuation of thought from uh, episode 10 into today's episode. I want to talk today about three key responses for innovation, three key responses for innovation. How do we respond when there's a demand for innovation? We are still in this space. Much of the world is living through uh, a pandemic still, unless you're living in Florida, of course, uh, we're still living through what is a pandemic and we're still navigating this new normal. And some of us, I mean, if you're living in Ontario, I know for me, the province of Ontario in Canada, 
We have been on an actual stay-at-home order uh, by the government, by the, the provincial government. We are at a, a stay-at-home order until February 11th. Can you believe it? So it's, you know, at some levels it was getting better, and then it feels like we've kind of just rewound back into uh, what felt like the beginning of the pandemic. For us, it's been literally at next, uh, at the end of February or the beginning of March, it will have been a year. I cannot believe that it's been already a year. But I want to talk today about three key responses for innovation when innovation is demanded of us. Now, if you've been with us any length of time uh, with this podcast, journeying with us, you would know that one of our core belief systems, in fact, the whole premise and purpose of this podcast is to really define the line between principle-led leadership and presence-led leadership. And at the center of all of that, uh, we just believe that the key to supernatural leadership, if not the greatest key to supernatural leadership, which is presence-led leadership, is understanding and recognizing the value of the voice of God. Because the voice of God in our life is a valued part of our leadership. And if we do not know or recognize the voice of God within our leadership, there won't be much supernatural happening. It says in John 10, verse 27, the words of Jesus himself, my sheep hear my voice, I know them, and they follow me. How can we follow uh, the greatest supernatural leader, Jesus himself, unless we can recognize the voice of God? I, notice I didn't say hear the voice of God because if you've been tracking with us, you've heard me say it like this. The issue is not that we're not hearing the voice of God. The issue is that we are not recognizing when the voice of God is speaking. God loves creation. He loves humanity. He's always communicating to humanity. He's always communicating to his kids. He's always communicating to that which he created. The challenge is we're not recognizing what it is that he is saying. And so if you've been with us, you would have heard some episodes that would have explained and give you some have has had, had given you some tools on learning to recognize the voice of God. It says in the book of Revelation that the voice of God is pictured as a symphony of harpists. Now, if you've ever been to an orchestra, been to a symphony, uh, you would know that the uh, the the sound or the quality or your ability to really enjoy the orchestra and the performance is often determined by the venue that you're in. If you're in an, a really well acoustically treated environment, then that symphony, that orchestra, it's going to be incredible. You're going to be able to distinguish the different sounds and how they collaborate together, and you're going to be able to hear the highs, the mids, the lows. But if you put that same orchestra, that same symphony, you put that same concert in uh, an environment that's not acoustically treated properly, it will just sound like a muddy mess, a bunch of noise. And so it's very important that when we think about the voice of God, that we create within our heart a, a healthy environment to learn to recognize the sound of his voice. You know, if you if you look at John 10, 27, and you look and you break down the word here, it's where we get the word um, acoustics from. So when Jesus said, my sheep hear, really what he's saying is my sheep have developed 
an acoustically treated environment to learn to distinguish the sound of my voice. Because if you break down that word for uh, a voice in the Greek, you get the definitions of noise, sound, tone. Well, this is the picture that the writer of Revelation, John, described uh, as the voice of God. It's like a symphony of harpists. You're able to distinguish the many different tones and sounds. And so I open this episode up with this because I feel like if we're going to innovate and if we're going to respond right to seasons where innovation is demanded of us, we have to uh, learn to lean into what it is that he's saying so we can innovate right. So I want to give us three key uh, responses for innovation today, really positioning our perspective during this pandemic that most of us are still living through. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. We have to adapt. Number one, we have to adapt. First key response to innovation is we have to adapt. Now, adapting is a little bit different than adjusting. Adjusting has this idea, as definition anyways, has this idea of something temporary, making something a little more quickly convenient. To adjust is to quickly uh, make a change that has more of a temporary um, state, whereas adapting is more of a permanent approach. Now, these are dictionary definitions. I'm not, I'm not just making this up, but... There's a big difference between, and often people would couple these in together, but adapting is very different than adjusting. We don't just need to adjust in this season, although we've had to, but there is going to be a more permanent new normal that comes out of this season. And so how do we adapt? We are in an online age. We are in an age where we are forced in our houses. People have left their office buildings, working from home. Not only have they adjusted, they've had to adapt. And for many businesses out there, this is more of a permanent adaptation in that they're not going to be returning to full capacity. Government buildings, I know I live in Ottawa, which is the capital of my country, and government buildings are going empty and they're not going to be returning to full capacity. Yes, there may be a 30% return on employees, but for the most part, many of the employees are going to be working from home uh, for the foreseeable future. So we have to learn to adapt. First key response in innovation. And it to adapt, it takes time. It takes time. It takes time. It takes many, many little temporary adjustments to find more of a permanent adaptation. This is a major shift. This is not a minor shift. To adapt is to take on more of, like I said, a permanent approach. The same way that when you are sleeping and you get up in the middle of the night, I know sometimes I do, to go to the bathroom. And when I get up in the middle of the night and it's pitch black, I've been sleeping. I'm a heavy sleeper. I'm a deep sleeper. But when I get up and uh, I have to, when I turn the light on in the bathroom, it takes time for my eyes to adapt. I have to take, you know, sit down and just kind of like gaze, keep my eyes open, adjust. But moving from that adjustment, I have to adapt to the light. It takes time. Time is key to adapt. I know for us as an organization, as a charitable organization, as a church community, kingdom culture uh, that, you know, that my wife and I lead, we every year at the end of um, the year, sort of the middle of December, we do an event for our city that gives back to our city called the Holiday Dream. And it's the premise really is to help 
those that are in need during a hard time, during the holiday season, uh, for single moms that don't have money to buy their kids gifts during Christmas, some single moms of various you know, different religions that have five, six, seven kids. Um, that's not just for single moms, of course, but any family, um, any any family, any people, any anybody in need uh, for the holidays. We help them with brand new gifts for their kids for Christmas. We help them with food and turkey dinners and gift cards for groceries and just other help during the holidays and other years we've, you know, blankets and glasses and uh, prescription glasses, eye exams, free eye exams. We've done that before and and just various things over the years. It's a big, big event and helping thousands of, of, of people uh, every year. And we're so thankful that we get the opportunity to do that. But because of this last year, this pandemic year, of course, we've not been, we were not able to use the venues that we normally use. Uh, nobody was letting us use their venue. It was going to be super complicated. You know, obviously our our uh, our team had restrictions as far as how many people could be servicing the event at the same time, and so we had to adapt. We had to make it work, and we worked out a, um, an agreement with one of our venues where we use their parking lot in the free. Now, listen, I live in Ottawa. I live in Ottawa. Ottawa is known to have some of the craziest weather, coldest weather. Every year, it seems like Ottawa brings or or, or breaks, sorry, the uh, the um, the world, the world record for coldest capital city. Uh, and so we, we're always breaking records, you know, most snow, you know, coldest day of the of, uh, of ever during, you know, February or January or whatever. And so Ottawa has crazy weather. And so, you know, think about this, this context. We decided to adapt. We did the whole event, which, which we never do, outside. And uh, our team was only allowed to have 10 at a time. We had about 70 to 80 team members servicing this event. And, uh, you know, our team was only allowed to be inside for bathroom breaks for one 15-minute break during the day in, on one of the coldest days uh, of, of the winter. It was in, in late December. It was actually probably the coldest day that we'd had up until this point. And it was freezing, but we made it work. We adapted. You know, we had teams going in and out, you know, taking small little breaks. And But for the most part, we were out the whole day servicing the community and we made it different you know people had to line up outside we had pylons we had a whole like assembly line for the turkeys and everything and it worked and it was an amazing event but we could have canceled the event we could have you said you know what we're we we're, like many charities out there we just don't have the means this year uh to do it it's not going to work it's going to be too complicated there's too much risk you know, we could get fined, all these reasons why we could have just canceled the event. But we really felt we were to give back to our community as we do every year and nothing was going to stop us. So rather than throwing in the towel, we just simply adapted and innovated. And as a result, had one of the best, most functional events we've ever had. It was actually super, uh, super smooth and smoother in some ways than all the events we've ever done for this specific one um, inside. And so outside, it actually really worked. Yes, it was inconvenient, but it worked. And so like many other things, uh, as you out there listening, if you're in business, if you are in government, if you're in education, family, whatever the case may be, whatever leadership you live expressed every day, you've had to adapt online. You've had to adapt. You've had to change 
the way you do things. I had a dream not too long ago about um, us being in the season, and I won't go through all the details, but being in a season of TikTok. Now, if you know what TikTok is, TikTok is uh, and was the fastest growing social media network of 2020. And it is one of the fastest growing social media networks of all time. It enables users to film and share short form video content, utilizing a huge range of features. And people are becoming TikTok famous for absolutely nothing but weird videos. It's actually kind of funny. Um, Some of it's kind of cringy, but if you've never heard of TikTok, check it out. Uh, It is one of the fastest and was the fastest growing social media network of 2020. Now, I had this dream, though, that and it was all around around this app and that we were moving into a season of TikTok and embracing and embracing. Now, this was a uh, this was a play on words, actually, you know, just as a a clock goes tick talk that we would be we are in a season where time is of utter importance more than it ever has been we are in a season where we're bombarded with all this new opportunity as we've adapted um you know all these zoom meetings and online meetings and it can get a little bit overwhelming in some ways it feels like life has slowed down but in many ways it feels like life has sped up it's kind of this weird paradoxical uh, uh reality that a lot of us live it's more draining in some ways, yet it's more convenient in other ways, yet there's more opportunity and we're bombarded with more online, you know, emotional sucking, uh, you know, opportunities. I say emotional sucking, it can be emotionally draining to be constantly in online meetings, especially if you do what I do. It's like, I'm always creating content. I'm always online. But in this dream, I, in the dream, we missed a moment. We missed a moment. We missed a moment like we would have missed if we, you know, had joined the YouTube frenzy back, you know, a decade ago, or if we had joined Instagram when it first, you know, blew up before all these, you know, new guidelines and, and you know, red tape, you know, maybe our social media platform would be a lot bigger, but we waited too long. So many people wait too long to get on and join in on what is happening and we miss the moment. Now, I'm not speaking specifically and promoting get on TikTok. It was a play on words and it was a a symbolic dream that God used to speak to me to say two things. Sean, don't miss the moment. Don't miss the opportunity at hand because there are things that are growing fast in this season and you need to get in on. But at the same time, second thing that symbolically God was communicating to me was that you are in a season of valuing your time, that that the clock is tick talk. It's tick talking. It's, it's time is moving past you. So make sure you embrace time. Make sure you lean in. Make sure you don't waste time by being bombarded with every online opportunity possible. You know, seize the moment, but make sure you're strategic with the moment because you don't want to miss the big wave. You don't want to miss the the momentum. And that's why I believe God was using TikTok. There are things that uh, I believe will grow exponentially in 2021 
if we we lock in and if we strategically can really understand what it is that God wants to do in and through our lives. So don't waste time. Don't let yourself get um, bogged up by so many opportunities that you miss the right opportunities. Um, find the things that are moving and jump in on them before you miss the opportunity. I believe that seasons of opportunity are ahead and are presenting themselves to us right now, unlike we've ever seen. And that means innovation lives at the helm. Innovation lives at the helm. And to adapt, which was my first point, is to adopt the new normal. Let me say it again. To adapt is to adopt the new normal, which brings me to my second key um, position or key response of innovation is adopt. We have adapt and we have number two, adopt. Yes, we'll be needing to adopt some new methods to move and advance things forward, but more importantly, we need to adopt some important mindsets for 2021 and beyond. We need to adopt some important mindsets. My encouragement to all of us out there is to build undistracted in this season. Great example of uh, of someone, a leader, a hero, what I would consider a hero in the Bible, which I love, is Nehemiah. Build he 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 had to build or rebuild the broken down walls, but he had to build undistracted because he had lots of opportunity to be distracted by many things. Kind of like what I was saying in the first point about valuing your time. You know, it's the season of TikTok. Time is escaping us. We cannot miss the moment. Nehemiah had to build undistracted. He had to shake off intimidation because there was a vulnerability. There was a vulnerability to the temple. It had been rebuilt, but yet the walls had been broken down. The walls spoke of um, uh, stability and protection and defenses and security and, and, and just, and, and a guarding of sorts, yet they were broken down. So there was a vulnerability and Nehemiah had the heart to rebuild what was broken down. And I believe there's been a vulnerability in our own lives in the last season. You know, walls have been broken down, walls of uh, the stability of health. We've been in a pandemic. So many people have just kind of thrown in the towel on health and working out and what's the point and, you know, mental challenges and uh, depression and, you know, just all the suicide have been at an all-time high. Addiction have been at an all-time high in this last season. And it's like we've we've let these walls of health and stability and protection get broken down in this last season. And I believe it's time to not only rebuild them, um, but to rebuild them in such a way that will be stronger for the next time uh, something like this takes place. And I say something like this, anything in life that shakes us to our core. But Nehemiah, Nehemiah, an inspiring individual in the Bible, had to build undistracted. And he had to adopt, I want to just quickly share four mindsets. He had to adopt four mindsets that helped him continue uh, the journey and the vision and the purpose that God had called him. Because God had called him, God had given him a heart. And through his leadership, even the leaders around him released him to actually go and do this, even gave him the provision he needed. But he had he had four mindsets he had to adopt. And number one, he had to adopt a mindset of remaining confident in 
the calling, remaining confident in the calling. He had some opposition. You can read it in chapter two of the book of Nehemiah. He had to, he had some opposition, people that were trying to distract him, come against him. You know, it says in verse 19 of chapter two, Senballat, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab heard of the plan of Nehemiah to rebuild. He heard of his vision. And it says they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? What are you doing, Nehemiah? And Nehemiah was consistently challenged. Are you really called, Nehemiah, to do this? Are you really able to do this? And his his reply was, in verse 20, the God of heaven will help us succeed. The God of heaven will help us succeed. He had to literally shift his perspective over and over again to remain confident in the calling, recognizing that it was God that had called him. If you want to be the supernatural leader you're called to be, remember it's God who has called you. He will help you succeed. He also, in building undistracted, had to decide to not engage the rage, not engage the rage. There was so much rage. It says in Nehemiah chapter four, verse one, that Senballat, the opposition, was very angry when he learned that we were rebuilding the wall. He flew into a rage and then mocked the Jews. And once again, he had to shift his perspective and he prayed, hear us, O God, for we are being mocked and may their scoffing fall back on their own heads. And that's verse four of chapter four. But Nehemiah had to to decide not to engage the rage. There's people around you that won't get what it is that you're doing, that will come against what you were doing, that are opposed to what you're doing. And even more in this season, when we live in what I believe is a social media war, we literally, we live in a literally a world war, but it's on social media. And some of us are just fighting the wrong battles all the time. We're being drained by battles we were never created to win. You know, we are, we are, we're all called to something. We're all, we all have purpose. We all have um, a mantle of leadership on our lives, but that mantle works and functions in a specific environment. If we put ourselves and that mantle in an environment that we were never created to be in, we will always lose. And we'll wonder why we're emotionally drained. We'll wonder why we're weary because we're fighting the wrong battles. Let me say it like this. If you fight the wrong battle long enough, you will begin to lose the actual battles you were created to win. If you fight the wrong battles long enough, you'll begin to lose the actual battles you were always created to win. Don't engage the rage. Choose the posture of Nehemiah. Don't lean in to the mockery, to the rage because it's not your battle to fight. Now, it may be, and that's different. I'm talking about engaging the rage in a way that's going to cause you to be distracted by what you are called to build, or in this case, Nehemiah, to rebuild. Number three, the third mindset that he uh, had to adopt was he had to keep the word close. He had to keep the word close. It says that those who, in verse 17 of chapter four, those who built on the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves so that with one hand they worked at construction and with the other held a weapon. Imagine this picture. They had one hand they were building and one hand they had a sword. The sword speaks of the word. Hebrews 4 verse 12. For the word is living and powerful like a double-edged sword. 
the sword. Ephesians 6 talks about it as like the sword of the spirit, okay? it's I'm, I'm spiritually speaking here and symbolically speaking here. Yes, they had an actual sword. They had an actual weapon in one hand. And yes, they were actually building with the other. And I just believe this speaks to this idea that when you're so dedicated to something, you become inconveniently innovative. Become inconveniently innovative. We need to become inconveniently innovative. In this season, keep the word close. What I mean by that is the word of God. If you want to be the supernatural leader you were called to be, deepen your root systems in this season in the word of God. It's life. I've never met a flaky person in spirituality before that was solid in the word. Usually flaky is a direct result of a lack of understanding or a lack of depth in the word or even over time an escape from the word in the sense, you know, at one point maybe there was a solid stability to their their devotion life as a leader in the word and over time through stress circumstance they've kind of escaped that they've kind of disconnected themselves from that i want to encourage us in this season to become so dedicated that we become inconveniently innovative that we focus and deepen our root systems on the word of god like nehemiah did to build undistracted and the fourth mindset that nehemiah adapted was he focused more intensely when the uh, opposition became more intense he focused more intense it says in nehemiah chapter 6 verse 3 when he was being distracted trying to be pulled away uh pulled into conversations and chaos and drama that he was not called to be pulled into to fight battles that he was not called to fight it says his response was i am engaged in a great work, so I can't come. I can't come connect with you. I can't come meet with you. I have two, uh, what I am doing is way too important to be distracted by your rage, by your uh, drama, by your lies and your deceit. And it says, uh, and a couple of verses later in verse nine of chapter six, it says they were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So it says, so I continued, it says here, the work with even greater determination. When all the opposition was trying to pull Nehemiah out of his focus and distract him, it says, I he says, I continued the work with even greater determination. In other words, focus more intensely. When the opposition gets more intense, let's focus more intensely. This is my encouragement as we adopt mindsets for 2021 and beyond and 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 respond to the demand of innovation when there's opposition and there's distraction, focus more intensely as the opposition gets more intense. So, number 1, we have adapt Number two, we have adopt, and we broke down four mindsets that Nehemiah had to adopt and how that applies to our leadership as supernatural leaders. And number three, we have align. We have to align, align with what God says. We have adopt, 
we have a, we have adapt, adopt, and then we have align. We have to align with what God has said. I opened this whole episode up with this idea of understanding the value of recognizing the voice of God. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice. If we don't know what God is saying, we will not be able to align. And by virtue of not being able to align, we'll not be able to see the results that come with aligning with what God has said. You've heard me share this before, and I shared this actually in uh, episode 10 called Pandemic Perspectives. I shared three things that I came out of 2019 with into 2020 that were, I believe, prophetic directives for the year that we were to align ourselves with. And God God spoke these, at, at the time, cringy, cliche phrases to me that I did not know the power of until later on in the year. Well, in fact, just about two months later, actually. Um, But these three things that God spoke to me that he wanted me to align with and share. And this is what he said to me. He said, Sean, I want you to share these three things and I want you to share them as directives that we need to align and pray through in 2020. Like we have to wrestle for these things. Like these things aren't just, um, you know, God said it, so it's going to happen. These things are, I want you to pray. I want you to lean in. I want you to grab a hold of these things and believe. And so these three things were in 20. There will be plenty. Now this is what God was saying to me coming out of 2019 into 2020, not knowing what was going to happen at all. But in 20, there would be plenty. Now, if you if if you've lived through 2020, you know that of all the years for many people, many people, unless you're in the below 1% of the population, it was a hard year economically. Many businesses went bankrupt. Churches went under. Not-for-profits went under. You know, families broke apart. Like, there's just so many things that happened on the negative. Now, on the positive, so many amazing positive things happened. But for so many, so many negative, challenging um, events occurred. And in all the years, it was like a famine of sorts. It was kind of like... Um, you know, a Western world famine um, it, it, for so many people. And the game just changed in a famine of relationships where there was lockdowns and people couldn't gather for, you know, events like Thanksgiving and Christmas. It was a famine of connection, a famine of finance, a famine of, for some, in some areas, food. Uh, for many people, for a while, famine of toilet paper. I mean, there was just so much stuff that was going on. And so, how could there be plenty in 20? Well, God was showing me in 2019 that in 20, you're going to have to believe that not only am I the God who provides, that I am the God of more than enough. One of the names of God is El Shaddai. He is the God, which means the God of more than enough. He is the God of plenty. And so I, I prayed this and I wrestled with this and I aligned myself to make sure that I pulled the most out of this season, that there would be plenty in 20. And I'm telling you, it was the best year, one of the best years we've ever had personally, organizationally, one of the best years ever. There was truly plenty in 20. And the second thing he spoke to me was this year, you're losing fear. This year, you're losing fear. And if, if, like I said, if you've lived through 2020, this was a thing that was challenged. I mean, so much fear, fear of losing your business, fear of 
you know, losing the relationship, you know, so much pressure, pressure just simply magnifies and pushes on all the the wrong buttons and all the right buttons at the same time. And so much fear of breakdown, fear of losing, fear of is everything, is anything ever going to go back to normal again? How, how are we going to, how are we going to manage this season? Just so much fear. And it was a year to align ourselves with the truth of this is going to be a year where not only are we going to struggle with fear, we're going to lose some of that fear that's always been there, but simply just been magnified and provoked by this season. And it's been one of those years, I know for me personally in so many areas, but for so many people, we have to align ourselves with what God has said and with what he's saying. And the third thing he spoke to me was that in this season, you will find your reason. In this season, you will find your reason. And what I mean by that and what I felt like God was meaning by that is that in this season, you're going to find a whole bunch of reasons that this season has been presented to us. Now, I'm not saying that God has given it to us. I'm not saying that God made this happen. I don't, I don't believe that. I don't believe it's good theology, but things do happen and life happens. And if if life gives me a, a lemon, you've heard the expression, I'm going to make some lemonade. I'm going to find a reason. I'm going to pull out a reason. I'm going to, I'm going to find some good in what feels bad. And so this is a season where I believe so many people are finding purpose for the first time, finding a reason they're healing their marriages, their families, their relationships are getting stronger in areas. Their their businesses have grown. They've launched new businesses, started new things. They've had to innovate. They've had to align themselves in such a way where they're able to take off into a whole new space in this season. So that's it for today. I hope you got something from this. We have to uh, adapt, we have to adopt, and we have to align. Some of the takeaways are the importance of recognizing the voice of God in seasons where innovation is needed, um, talking about, like I said, the three key positions or three key responses of innovation, adapt, adopt, and align, that we are called to build undistracted like Nehemiah, and I shared four uh, key um, sort of mindsets that we need to adopt in this season, remaining confident in the calling, not to engage the rage, keeping the word close, the Bible, rooting ourselves deeper in the in the word, and then focusing more intensely. Remember, if you fight the wrong battles long enough that you are never created to win, you will eventually begin to lose the battles you were always created to win. So really, really try to not let the distractions suck you into fights and battles that you were not created to win. Stay in your lane. I want to give you uh, a few little things for an activation today. Number one, I want to ask you the question, how are you doing? Uh, how are you going to, sorry, adapt adopt and align in this season where innovation is required. I want you to take some time in the next month as well to really hear what God is saying to you uh, uh, as supernatural leaders, because supernatural leaders hear what God is saying. So I want, to I want you to take some time in the next month to really hear, recognize what God is saying to you in this season so that you can not only adapt, adopt, but you can align yourself with what he wants to do. Let's pull the best out of this season as supernatural leaders. Thank you so much for listening to episode 19, uh, three keys to respond to innovation. 
Thank you so much. Please let me know what you thought about this episode and we will see you next time. If this podcast has been an investment into your life and or impacted you in any way, we are incredibly thankful. We would love for you to join us in being able to continue bringing leadership content like this every month. Of course, it does not come without a cost and our heart is to continue bringing you more improved quality and content. If you would like to partner with us with a one-time financial gift or to sign up as a monthly partner, you can do so at kingdomculture.ca. Thank you for listening to the Supernatural Leadership Podcast.